Welcome to another episode of AUSU Open Mic. AUSU is your students' union at Athabasca University, representing students from coast to coast to coast and all around the world. My name is Duncan Watasik. I am the Governance and Advocacy Coordinator here at your Students' Union. And this episode's a little bit different in that I... We recorded this with two sets of people. Uh, first set, it doesn't matter what order. The first set was Stacy and Karen, your president and VP external. And the second set was Leah Campbell and Natalia Wanek, who are your VP finance and your VP community and wellness, respectively. And then the theory is, dear listeners, as you're listening to this, is that I'm going to combine them together in what will feel like a seamless transition. So there goes the theory. Ending theory, let's go to practice and let's turn it over. We're just going to reflect on part of the year that's gone by. Um, it's been an exceptional year for everybody, especially Athabasca University students. Still in the middle of a pandemic, I'm sad to say. But that hasn't stopped us from working hard on your behalf. But nevertheless, welcome, Stacy and Karen. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, of course. Of course. What, what sticks out uh, for you guys over the course of the past year? What was it like? What was... Uh, can you believe that you're almost done this year? Sorry, like, I was uh, I was getting a, a beverage. Well, I wasn't <laughs> my intern. Anyways, you could edit that out. We don't need we don't need the future execs to think that they get interns. That would be um, amazing. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, this is year two of, yeah. of being an executive, and and so it's it's flown by, and it's been something that I'll definitely cherish. Um, it's been a really great learning experience and, and being able to grow and, and help um, AU students all over the country and all over the world. So yeah, um, yeah it's it's a bit surreal that we're kind of he heading to the end of our term. It feels like we just started and that I've been at this for ages, both at the same time. <laughs> um, so part of me is like, yeah, it, it so much has happened. But the other part of me is like, I just figured out what I'm doing. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to turn it over now to to Leah and Natalia. Uh, how are you guys both? Doing great. Thanks. Yeah, awesome. Happy to be here. For both of you, like, can you guys believe you're at the home stretch of your terms already? I know it's uh, Leah just joined us on the executive committee, but all the same, your council terms are just about er over, as are your executive terms. Do you, do you think the, the days just flew by? I actually can't believe that uh, we're nearing the home stretch. Uh, this year has flown by so so quickly. Um, it's unbelievable that it's already the end of the term. And I absolutely agree. It very literally feels like I just started, probably <laughs> because I did just start two months ago. But right. uh, even these two months have just flown right by. What do you guys remember about your very first couple days in office? So, um, well, term and a half. So the transition um, was minimal from uh, Vice President External and Student Affairs to this brand new role as the first um, VP of Community and Wellness. Um, in a way, I took half of the VPX portfolio that I was already working on and expanded it. Um, an overly ambitious plan, as many, including myself, believed. But um, I've completed most of it with the support of the team and the wonderful staff. So it's been fantastic from the very first day. Awesome. Leah? What do you remember about your first time uh, being VP, but as well as just being a counselor? Uh, it, for me, it was a whirlwind. I think for the executive side of things, 
specifically anyways, be- just because it happened so fast and unexpectedly to come mm-hmm. in the way I did. Um, the, I just want to kind of reiterate something that Natalia touched on, though, is that it's the staff coming in. It, it was so fast and unexpected, but seamless because the support we have at AUSU and the staff and other executives and other counselors really is just amazing. So yeah, like thinking back to those times, and I mean, for Stacy, who's now been here for um, a year and almost two years, um, what do you guys remember about your first days in office and how does it compare to your experience on a daily basis now? I, for the, when I first started, I, I think it was a bit surreal. It's a really weird gig um, <laughs> where you kind of, you do, you get elected based on a platform and then you, you're supposed to create that platform and that's, that's what you do for your year as your work plan. And so I remember the first few days just kind of being like, whoa, I'm here, but it's, it's the start of a, of a, like a race, a marathon. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it was definitely exciting, nervous. No, I mean, surreal, I think does capture a lot yeah. of the feelings. Karen, would you agree? Yeah, there were so many acronyms. Um, <laughs> so especially for those of you who don't know, I'm the VP external. So that deals with a lot of federal and provincial advocacy. And I work with our counterparts at other student unions, both in Alberta and across Canada. So there's kind of which student is that and which student union are they from and which school does that student union go to um, as we're all trying to work together to to advocate. Because when you go to the government and say, hey, there are 300,000 of us, it's easier to get. Uh, meetings and stuff so just the sheer number of acronyms every committee has its own acronyms every Mm -hmm. every organization and now I know them and and so I know what's going on but for the first little while I'd be like I heard that sentence I do not know what we're talking about but you learn I think the first few days in office I was not only overwhelmed by the start of this big finish line this big race where we're creating this work plan based on, you know, what we were elected on. But also I was surprised at how much actually goes on within a student union, mm-hmm. um, how much advocacy yeah. there is, um, not only externally, but internally within AU and how many meetings we have with um, key decision makers within AU and the influence we have to see that a, a direction is set that serves students' needs. Is there a, a moment or an event that that particularly stood out to you over the course of the last year? Um, I I would say like over the last year, and I guess like a lot of my experience is based on the past two years. And I would just say trying to navigate this world during a pandemic and Mm -hmm. and making sure that we serve students' needs. And and I think the biggest moment we had was just um, the compassionate grading policy that came Mm -hmm. out within Mm -hmm. AU recently. That was something that the student union brought forward. Um, It was something that we wanted to see students could have in their back pocket to make sure that they could continue on with their courses. But if they, for whatever reason, don't feel confident going into that final, um, they know that as long as they pass the course, a course won't impact their long-term prospects um, by having that grade not impact your GPA. And so that was definitely a big win for us. It was something that, that we brought forward to AU and they were very receptive and we're able to, to put online for students to access. And how do students access it? What is compassionate grading? Maybe I'll throw it to Karen to, to explain. Yeah. So um, obviously when you get your grade, you'll get like an A or a B or a, a D or an F and that impacts your GPA, which if you're going to go on to grad school and something those admissions people are going to look at and compassionate grading 
if you have to get at least a C plus, I think in the course to, to take advantage of it. But let's say you get a C plus and you're normally an A student, but the pandemic threw you, you can apply one course per year for compassionate grading, and then it'll turn it to a P for pass. And then that doesn't count in your GPA uh, calculations. So that just takes that, that lower number out of there. Um, and it was extended. If you want to take advantage of it, you have to talk to your academic advisor mm-hmm. um, and, and say, you know, this is what I want. This is the course. And they'll talk to you about just the implications of that. There are, there are a couple courses where you're not allowed to do it because of um, external requirements. Mm-hmm. I think there might be a couple nursing courses, but it, it's an option that you should absolutely be aware of. That you, that's, that's a choice you can make if that's something that would help you. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. What about you, Karen? Is there anything that stood out of, over the course of your past year? Yeah. So there was this meeting. We were talking to one of the vice presidents of AU, and this person was telling me all about how great it was that we had accessibility services. And I was like, yeah, but you need all of this paperwork to access it. And Black students in elementary school are way less likely to be referred to the services that um that get you that paperwork. So what you're really doing is offering these services to disproportionately um, privileged students. And she was like, oh, I was like, you know, it's really expensive to get that diagnosis and and to get a psychoeducational assessment if you you need that to access services uh, for a learning disability. I was like, and that doesn't impact everyone the same. And, And it's expensive and that's a significant financial barrier. And the next week, a UK of accessibility services, a $20,000 budget to help address that. And just to sit there and be like, stuff happens. Because sometimes things take a very, very long time to happen and there's Mm -hmm. progress. But to see something to be like, there's a resource there that wasn't there before for students, especially to address something where the system is just not serving everybody equitably was really, really meaningful. And this is a plug for accessibility services. If you, if you think you have a learning disability or you, you know that that's an issue you have, but you haven't had the opportunity to pursue a diagnosis because of the barriers, um, the people at Accessibility Services are wonderful and are available to help talk about how you go through that. They're available to help you find just providers and, and apply for the provincial funding that's available for that. And if there's still a financial barrier, that is something you can talk to them about. Mm-hmm. And I know for many students, that's just emailing an, an email of someone you don't know, but um, I've been in meetings with them and they're all really friendly, really lovely, really passionate about making sure students have the resources they have. So if, if that's you, absolutely send them an email because that's that's available for you. Right. Natalia, is there a moment or a topic that's really stood out to you in, over the course of your term as VP Community and Wellness? Um, yes, for sure. Several. Um, I can't pick just one. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. I'm not going to make you. They are, I would say our EDI work yeah. that we've worked so hard um, to expand on and um, to create new initiatives. Um, we've created so many great things like the Virtual Food Assistance Program, the EDI Committee, the Indigenous Circle, as well as two Pride events. Um, we even hosted our first ASU Pride Month with um, 2020-2021 ASU writer in residence and author Joshua Whitehead and AU Women's and Gender Studies professor Dr. Tobias Wiggins. Um, we did a Pride podcast, an ASU night event. Now we're actually working on Black History Month, so that is something that I'm very excited about. Um, also, I think the other thing that's really stood out for me over the year has been um, 
our team's general advocacy uh, is something that I'm incredibly proud of, that we've advocated against tuition increases for compassionate grading, um, increased accessibility for all students, and for tutor accountability. Awesome. One second. I'm just going to discipline my cat. Little man. No, no, I'm on. I'm doing things. No. This should totally be a part of it. I forgot I'm muted and I'm talking and laughing. <laughs> can Matthew speak? Like, can he be the theme song? <laughs> the, the intro? Uh, no, no. The answer is no. <laughs> huh. Oh, it's all good. What about you, Leah? Is there any moment or topic that stood out to you over the course of your time? Well, really everything that Natalia just said. Um, a lot of these uh, initiatives that the executive team was doing, and well, in council as well, um, I kind of come in on the tail end of it. So I don't feel like my personal involvement is maybe at the same level as everyone else's, but I'm certainly proud of uh, AUSU's doubling many of the awards and bursaries this year. I think it came at such an integral time um, and a, a trying time for many students and really the world in general. And I just, I don't know, it's something I'm really proud about. Both of you could probably comment on what the impact of having a team member joining you mid midstream is. Yeah, at different times at AUSU, you've join the team midway through a term. What's the impact of joining midway term and, and what's difficult about it? I think a few of us have had the midterm transitions, including myself. So I know how intimidating it can be. I think that's the, that's the one thing, the uncertainty, the am I going to learn this job quickly? And, you know, I don't want to hold anyone back. Um, and then you come in and you realize you have so much support here and it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, just recently joined us and I think she's really stepped up and it's been such a smooth transition. So, you know, as although we're sad to say goodbye to our former VPFA, you know, we've welcomed Leah and she has done such an amazing job. It's a very smooth transition. So it doesn't even feel like we skipped the beads. What would you say, Leah? You definitely hit the nail on the head with saying it's intimidating coming in partway through. I think you kind of feel like you were having to get caught up on everything and just really appraising yourself on everything that's going on. But again, staff make for a seamless transition. The other executives for me personally made a huge impact on me coming in um, and even my decision to come in because I obviously worked with you guys through council already and the support. It's, I don't know. I worked a lot of places and I love where I work right now um, at my our Alliance Accounting Group job, but coming into AUSU, the support is unmatched. I've never had that before. We're missing both both Natalia and Leah today, and, and they're mm-hmm. sort of unique in that they, they, they joined um, the executive team mid-year. What kind of impact, and, and I guess I'm, let's sp- speak specifically about Leah, since she most recently, she became the newly elected vice president of finance and administration. Our our last one left in November to go on and do great things. Hey, Al-McDad, if you're listening to this. So Leah joined midway through the term. What kind of impact has that had on the team? Is it a good impact? I mean, don't say it's a bad impact. Leah's wonderful. <laughs> you're hilarious. Yeah. When our, our previous UPFA left, is definitely someone we, we really miss having Al-McDad around. Uh, definitely brought a lot of passion and insight to, to our team. But I will say, Leah, um, her and I actually have formed an alliance um, <laughs> behind the scenes. She's the only one that really gets all my office references. So I would say um, she fits in perfectly. <laughs> and it's been great working with her. So 
exposed, uh, Leah and I are in an alliance. Okay. Yeah. I'm the executive that doesn't get any of the office references and has to ask Duncan to explain them to me every time to students. If you're wondering what happens behind the scenes, <laughs> being like, what is Stacy talking about? Uh, Leah has been great. She's fit in right away. Um, it's a really different, a different fit I'd say, but I really love what she brings to the team. Um, she's really organized. She's great. She's great to have around. Natalia also joined halfway through, but she joined partway through like last year. So she, she has did. been here all the way through this term. She did. Yeah, she did take on the new role of uh, community and wellness, which mm-hmm. is not an easy, an easy thing to come into a brand new executive role and define it and create what it will look like. And I think she's done a really fabulous job of, of kind of taking on that, that role, which is, I would say, tough. Because you, you really have to kind of sit back and think about what you're going to do with this time and this space to make sure you're really serving students. And, and she's done a fabulous job at doing that. Yeah. So for students who don't pay a lot of close attention to the inner workings, um, Natalia is the one that organizes a lot of the social and community things, um, things like the student socials, the, um, the Discord server, all of that. And Leah does a lot of the policy and um, financial oversight. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the new role, the the vice president of community and wellness. How has that improved AUSU over the past year, and and where do you see the role going on into the future? I, I can kind of start off because uh, I, I this role is kind of a branch off of the the vice president external because originally um, the title was vice president external and student affairs, and, and that was what I started with when I joined AUSU was that role. And um, the external role is so robust that you either spend a lot of time working on your advocacy or you're focusing more on, on students. And it just became so so large of a portfolio that we really could split it up and still have two full-time, full-time roles. And so that's kind of the history of where it started. And maybe Karen, I'll let you take the reins on, on the rest of that question. Yeah, well, it's definitely increased our capacity um, as an organization. It means we have more time to run events because things like Pride or Research Week, they take a lot of time to organize. Um, and so having that fourth person allows us to have enough hours to do that. Um, the other thing is it's meant that in my role, I can concentrate not on doing some of those social things, but just really focusing on writing letters to MPs or advocating um, within the university for things that students students need. So you get more community things because there's someone focused just on that, but you also get more advocacy um, because AU students are really unique. If you look at other universities as a group, we're on average older, we're on mm-hmm. average, we have more kids, um, more likely to be working full time. And the systems for how students access stuff like financial aids were really designed for 18 year olds who can work full time. Yeah. So being able to come to MPs or MLAs, just depending on which province we're saying and saying, you know, this is a really important demographic that's not being served. And this is what's needed is something that I think is very meaningful and something that, that yeah, is important for our students. And we're able to do that more because we have that fourth person. Mm -hmm. And, and I'll kind of add on to that as well, that we've really been able to expand our um, EDI efforts, our equity, diversity, yeah. and inclusion efforts, just by having that fourth executive, because we were able to create the EDI committee, we we're able to 
Well, I wouldn't say it's because of the VP community wellness, but the indigenous circle, it definitely helps having more executives to help help with supporting those various committees that we have now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which weren't, I don't think it would have been, it would have been possible with three executives, but I don't think they would have been able to really function fully without that, that dedicated support person that could really carry out what the committees would like to see happen within AU space. Oh, no, I, and I would echo that, too. I would say for, for me and my role, so I'm not elected, dear listeners. I'm, I'm, I'm paid to be here. And uh, I would say having a point person who is elected to, to focus on those issues makes it much easier. Because in the past, it would be something we would, as those issues arose, they'd be brought to the group. And then the group would kind of debate it and decide. Whereas now with, with having a, a focus point person, it becomes much easier for us to use that as a catalyst to do things like a Pride Week or to focus on an issue specifically with our student body. So I, I would agree. This is the first year that we've had a vice president community and wellness. Um, how has that changed AUSU this year, having the role? And I th- actually think I'm going to start with Leah, and then we'll get Natalia to go last. Um, personally, this role is absolutely integral, I think, to the organization going forward. The work Natalia has completed on things like EDI and accessibility, and that's just to name a few, leaves me in absolute awe of her and provides so much benefit to the AU student body in general. Um, a focus on community and wellness, particularly the wellness piece, couldn't come at a better time. Um, the work this role takes on will have a lasting impact, not, not only on AUSU, but the larger AU community and the university in general. What would you say, Natalia? How has the new position changed our organization? Um, I guess just touching upon what Leah said, it, it's allowed us to expand fully into a lot of EDI work, accessibility work um, that we wanted to accomplish. And I think it was just difficult with only three executives. It's allowed all of all of the executives to expand their portfolios. Um, it's freed up some time to plan events, um, projects, initiatives. It's also allowed us to increase our advocacy, um, attend more meetings, be in um, in these important meetings in greater numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's allowed us to better support students um, as the pandemic is ongoing. I'm thinking this is maybe the the 20th one, which I don't (laughs) think any of us ever expected. Well, I mean, when did it hit? It hit North America in March of 2020. So we're we're getting a lot closer to month 23. Probably when you're hearing this, listeners, it'll be month 23, February 2022, which I certainly would never have guessed in March of 2020. One of the big thoughts we had as we were developing the fourth position, obviously there was stuff like what's the job description, what part of the portfolio are they gonna take, what new impacts are they gonna have? But something that was brought up time and time again was that our executive committee would now have four people in it rather than three, and they they being people wanted to know what would happen if there was a tied vote. How have you guys handled tied votes at the executive committee, or have you even had any? You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, and I think for the most part, we've been really good at coming to a consensus. You know, we all have very different views and represent um, students from um, different backgrounds, different geographical locations, ages, but we somehow manage to bring all those together and make it work for students. So mm-hmm. maybe we 
we've been a bit lucky that there hasn't <laughs> been, you know, but it's Have like, there, there definitely, we do reach a consensus with discussion, you know, with yep. just respecting each other's positions. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Leah, what would you say? Have you have you noticed those consensus building activities? And, and do you think do you think we've lost anything by not just having straight up and down votes on occasion? I think we spend ample time discussing things. And like Natalia touched on is we are we all bring different perspectives to the table and we respect each other's opinions and we really like to focus on the data and what's best for the students. And usually that allows us to come to some sort of consensus, no matter where we began. One of my questions that I love talking to execs about, uh, because I s- struggle with this too, student unions are kind of a weird place, right? Like they're, you, you talked about this, Stacy, about how we do much more than probably most students realize, and certainly more than what the general public, if we, if we can say, knows. Does your family know what you do? If someone went to your son or your partner and was like, hey, what is, what does Stacy or what does Karen do for a living? And they have 30 seconds in an elevator. Like, what do other people think you do with your time? Is it that just that you answer a lot of emails and take a lot of Zoom calls? Or, or what do they say you do? I think my family would get it because I talk so much about advocacy. So <laughs> I think they would may- maybe get it. But maybe that's that's a really good question to kind of throw out to them one day and see if they could they could give the pitch. Um, I think they know that I'm I'm passionate about supporting, especially adult learners. Um, I think that it's a space where uh, we need as much support as possible. Like the more we society grows and evolves, the more you need that um, post secondary education to get any sort to get anywhere. And and so I really want to see this space be affordable and accessible to to everybody. It shouldn't be based on mm-hmm. you know prescribed beliefs on who can access post secondary education. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think they they would get it just through two years of listening to me <laughs> maybe rant behind the scenes about what needs to be changed. So I hope they would get what I do. Karen. So if you ask my husband, yeah. he he would probably tell you that I, I do things to make the university more equitable. Um, and that that's my focus. Someone did ask my eight-year-old this, and he informed them that I go to meetings and tell the university what to do. It's not not wrong. I know. It was really funny. I was like, well, yeah. Yeah, I think I think my family would like they they so I've been doing this for a bit, not just at AUSU. I think they would like be able to answer the question at the biggest level, but then what they really would say is like, no, he's, he goes on a lot of Zoom meetings and answers mm. a lot of email. And and he records a podcast just because that, like, that upends my world briefly as I take over the kitchen table to put our equipment on it. Um, but there would also be eye rolling, I think, as they were describing parts of what I do. Mm. <laughs> I feel like we are missing Matthew, which is your cat, which yes. would have something to say about what you do or don't do. Which true, is true. Feed him. <laughs> um, I do All feed the time. Him. That's right. He His life is way different now. So over the course of the pandemic, um, AUSU has changed how we do our operations. We've moved to a near virtual environment. So I, I no longer leave my cat alone for nine hours a day. Instead, <laughs> I am always there. And and of course, he's like, well, this is great. I have a live in staff member now. I know for me, so I've worked in the student movement in one way or another for for a bit. I don't want to reveal my age, but almost all of my adult life, I think, is what I would say. And even to this day, I'm not really sure my dad knows what I do. What does your family think you do? Whether it's your parents, your kids, like, 
if they were trapped in an elevator and said, what does Natalia or what does Leah do for a living right now? What would they say about your job at AUSU? Some of my family has listened to the podcast. So I think they have kind of an idea of um, what I do. And then um, I know it's actually really difficult to explain our job, you know, my job in particular, because there's so many layers. So I guess when my family asks what I do, it's advocacy, policy writing, sometimes it's community building, event planning, social media, um, mental health awareness, chairing meetings, and attending like never ending meetings. So it's like, what do you do? Very many, many things. <laughs> what about you, Leah? What does your family think you do? It would really depend on who you ask. <laughs> if you ask Darcy, who's my spouse, he he gets an earful on the regular from me and is probably my top supporter. So I'd say he probably has a pretty good idea of maybe the concept of what I do, but like Natalia touched on the actual extent of what even AUSU does in general, I don't think the understanding's there. Um, one thing I'll just point out though, is that in support of, he knows we do a lot or that I've taken on a lot anyways, that he has promised to always do the dishes for me while in this role. So kudos to him for that. Awesome. But if you asked my kids, they'd probably say they have no idea. And <laughs> they usually witness us playing games <laughs> zoom so uh, they would say that i spend a lot of time on zoom and that sometimes there's games yeah i don't think my family would be very very different on that they would say like you know i watch a lot i'm on zoom a lot and i write a lot of emails and they, they might like they get athabasca university but uh, like i don't know how much more like surface level of that than th that they get so well as we're coming to a close here so the way our election system works is we are going to be going to the polls soon for electing a new council that'll be on March 10th through 14th after which that council is going to select some new executives and mm -hmm. and I don't want to prejudice what could happen by saying like well but like you know obviously Stacy and Karen could in theory run again so when I ask you what are you most looking forward to I recognize for all I know I'm going to be introducing you to our listening public once more um, but all the same, what are you looking forward to most about your executive terms ending? And is there anything that you are eager to reclaim in your life that maybe AUSU took away? I, I don't think there's anything I'm really looking forward to this yeah. ending. <laughs> it's been two years of my life and, and it's been really great. Um, it's a role that's been very flexible. So I've been able to work around, you know, going to school full time, having having family to take care of. And so I don't know if there's anything I really am excited to get back. I think it's more of like existential dread of, of what's next. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> what is next? Or do you, do you literally not know? I literally don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would say go on a vacation, but um, mm. that's not the state of the world right now. It's not yet. No. No. Karen, what are you most looking forward to at the end of your term? You know what? It, things have been so insane that it has been very much nose to the grindstone. Um, like I, between parenting and school and work, I, I make a list and I'm like, this is what I need to do each week. So I know that, but I, I'm not really looking that far away. I mean, it's only three months away yeah. or less than three months away, but, but I'm very much in a this week. Yeah. We're recording this on research week. So that's where I'm at. Um, we're, <laughs> I'm making sure like those things happen and, and really like anything past two weeks from now is, is out of sight, out of mind. Fair enough. 
So what's next in the rest of your year? Um, what are you most looking forward to as your guys' term comes to a close? Um, I'm really looking forward to completing my final projects. So one of the big ones is um, Black History Month in February. Um, then I'm also very excited about seeing how many more advocacy wins we can have this year because we have had many. Um, and, you know, I, I don't really like to think about the end because it felt like we had so much more time and then the winter break came and, and now and now it's almost the end of the term. I, I honestly don't know where the time has gone, but we have accomplished so much in mm -hmm. in these past few months so i'm i'm really excited to see what we do in these last months because i think it could be pretty incredible yeah leah what are you looking forward to like natalia said it's nice to you know to check some of those boxes and say we've completed some of those things um i do have an e-safety podcast that will be coming out later in march for me personally but really, I just can't wait to see how this all plays out and reflect on the work that was done and the goals we've completed. And of course, passing the torch onto a new set of executives. And then really just watching to see from a distance to see where things go from there. Um, I already look at this experience with the utmost gratitude to those of, who have been a part of it. And I'm kind of sad that it will come to an end so quickly. Uh, I would love to throw it out there right now, though, how amazing running for council and eventually exec has been. And I highly recommend anyone who's on the fence about it just to give it a shot because what an amazing experience.